Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including the one with Emily Aries, author and founder of Bossed Up, who shares career challenges and opportunities. Or the one with Tina Conrad, who discusses finding purpose professionally and personally. Now, if you like these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. And now, for this episode, I am so excited to introduce you to Trent Eigner, an engaged husband and father, a highly acclaimed winning coach, a powerful mentor, and author of Assault on Average. Trent shares his courageous story about how he set out to solve one problem, which led to unraveling himself, ultimately resulting in a major physical and mental transformation. Trent's story has helped so many and can be a springboard for conversations about fighting stigma in mental health, overall wellness, and leading an authentic life. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode first because for so many of you that follow me on Pretty Wellness or here on the podcast, you know that there are many things I love, starting with my home state, Minnesota, as well as my alma mater, Miami of Ohio. And today's guest, I can put a check mark for both there. It is Trent Eigner. He is an engaged father of six and loving husband. He's a past collegiate and professional hockey player, soon to be author, and highly acclaimed hockey coach that led his Lakeville North hockey team to the first undefeated season in over 30 years, while also compiling the greatest single season record of high school hockey in the state of Minnesota. Now, through the years on paper, this guy had it all. But reality is that he was incredibly unhealthy, overweight, broke, depressed, and fearful in life. Now, I met Trent when we were both in college at Miami of Ohio. Not only was he a talented hockey player, he was always the life of the party. I remember him cheering me on to sing the national anthem from a rooftop at 24 by 12, which is a Miami hockey tradition. Or just him acting silly, making us laugh in the back of the classroom. Now, believe it or not, he did go to the classes, though as he says himself, he seldom took a note, which is why he is so proud to be a first-time author, Assault on Average, coming out this fall. Now, Trent will share with us his experience with deep mental and physical changes. His is a story of a broken person who found a way to bring about transformation even in a perfection-driven society. Trent, I am so excited that you are here today. Oh, thank you. You have absolutely no idea. And uh, 
I will, you, you will hear the frog in my throat, I'm sure at various times during this conversation, because, uh, um, just, just the history, uh, you know, the topics and the things that you mentioned just right there in the intro that, that bring me back to, uh, you know, what seemed like just carefree times, uh, which they were, uh, but for me, they were obviously earmarked for struggle ahead, but suffice it to say, it's just awesome just to, to hear your voice, to reflect on some of those things. And, uh, uh, fortunately for me now to be in a position to, to, to enjoy and, uh, uh relish some of the good, bad, and indifferent that uh, got me to this point. Well, and, and that's why I'm really excited for you to share with us the story. I mean, I've been following, or we've been following each other for the last few years, knowing that we've had such transformation in both of our lives. And isn't it interesting, just in life, how people that we knew years ago, we could be so different, but have a few similarities. I mean, I will say, uh, at Miami of Ohio, us Minnesotans, we stuck together, right? And so there was always some sort of common bond. There are classes or, or, or interests, it might be. But then 25 years later, those people that somehow come back into your life and you now share a similar yet different journey. And I think that will be enlightening uh, for not just me to reconnect with you, but for all the listeners out there to know that even going through so much struggle that you can come out to a better place. And so I, again, I thank you for being willing to get vulnerable, not just here with me today, but I know in, in the book, um, you know, as well as all the people out there that you will inspire. So know that even though I'm sure it's hard, that it means so much to people that you don't even know. So tr- oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I, I'm just going to hand the mic back to you. Will you open up and tell us a little bit about the Trent then and that, I want to say that aha moment, but from from things that I've, I've read and you've shared, it wasn't about one certain moment per se, but I'm going to toss it back to you here. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's certainly, um, you know, as I've learned over the years, it wasn't about, uh, it wasn't about one moment. And I know that, uh, you know, in going through the process of, you know, what I call my transformation, uh, there's there's bits and pieces of things that you 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 piece together during the process that that you hope are going to unlock that one thing. And I think we talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. Um, and you come to find out it is it, it was never that simple for me. And and um, I guess as I look back on, on the journey a little bit, you know, I'm grateful that it, for me personally, that it wasn't that one thing. Um, because I think, uh, for a better part of, you know, my post-college years and, and early fatherhood years, I would have, I would have liked to have a single excuse. It would have probably simplified the process. Um, I was able to create hundreds of excuses, but, uh, um, it, it never, it never boiled down to that one thing. So the process of, of unraveling that has been, um, obviously at times extremely difficult and emotional, uh, the realities of getting to a place of honesty with myself that could at least form the, 
the foundation per se of what I call some some positive growth in a in a in a, in a direction that that I could see some light um, has been you know just just filled with gratitudinal moments um, because of the fact that uh, I would like to think that. Um, you know, you're a perfect example of someone, and I think you mentioned it in the intro that that knew this <clears throat> happy, gregarious, yeah, athletic. Uh, you were larger than life. Yeah, totally <laughs> charming. Yeah, yeah. larger than yeah. life. And can you talk to us about? I've I've read that you will share about little white lies that we tell ourselves. So it sounds like in your 20s, you were saying you're, you're post-college and, you know, some of the, the natural highs will say that go with all the attention that you would get. Now you're, you know, embarking on a new career and a new life. What are some of the white lies as you're going into adulthood that you would say to yourself that fed that into the, that? Yeah, I, I think that the one, the greatest white lie um, I guess that I, that I told myself for, for the longest time was, um, you know, that, that person that you just described, um, that, that, that he in essence was real, um, that that was really me, all of those, those positive adjectives that were used, uh, um, that those things were you know, really who I was. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of, in my own cocoon, I, I, I protected that, that, that person, that figment of my imagination for, for such a long time, um, that every surrounding white lie I told to preserve that, that gregarious, colorful, um, fun loving character they they became the truth um so it's it's i've used the analogy of of you know pulling the thread on a sweater yeah um and you know you think you're going to solve one little problem by pulling that thread Mm -hmm. and it leads to uh an unraveling of sorts that you know you just don't know if you want to deal with all of that. So, um, I, I, you know, it, it, I feel like that, that fundamental, um, fear of, of finding out who I really was, you know, the offspring from that was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of little lies I was willing to tell myself to, to curate that story. And, um, you know, they, they could be anything from, uh, you know, calling my mom during college on a Sunday morning, telling her I was just coming back from church, uh, when in reality, I was stumbling back from a dorm hungover. Yeah. Uh, but I needed, I needed to, I needed, I needed to preserve, uh, you know, that young man that she thought she sent off to the college. And, and again, that, that, you know, when you continue to do that, it's, it's, it's like building, you know, layers of, uh, 
it's like barnacles on a boat that yeah. you just you you don't see them they're underwater but but when you when it goes uh the direction it went and it comes time to deal with those things they're you're in for some work so when was it that you just decided enough is enough already and how like you said you're pulling this string how did you let yourself put one foot in front of the other in order to deal with the unraveling of it? Um, that's the part where I think that it, it's, it's, it's funny. I love, you know, I loved, I loved hearing from you prior to our phone call um, just about, you know, the things that you had gathered through either our text conversations or emails. Um, I, I've learned that, you know, in this process, there are, um, there are consistent themes for for a number of people who who decide to take this path, whether you want to call it self improvement, self health, wellness. Um, there are various parts of it that are unavoidable, and they're very um, consistent across a number of different stories of of tragedy or reflection or improvement or growth. Um, and you know. At times, I like I said earlier, I, you know, I wished I could point my finger at one thing, but that wasn't that wasn't my reality. And I'm always careful because through this process, I've I've met and talked to and learned from a lot of people who, um, at 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 their point in life, they were either you know clinically depressed or um, dealing with you know, anxiety or, or fear. And, and so I wanted to be sure to, to give those things the respect they deserve, um, and not be in any way, um, overly dramatic about how or where I ended up at that point of having enough. And, and in my reality, those things were present, I, you know, it got to a point where I was having trouble getting out of bed. Uh, you know, I had these beautiful children um, to raise and engage with, and I, I was struggling to do that. And the best way to describe it, you know, is is these lies lead to so many spinning plates. It just, I, I, I was physically and emotionally exhausted. Um, and it's tough to describe to people that level of exhaustion because um, everyone knows what it means to be physically tired. But, yeah. you know, when, when you're, when your soul is gutted and you feel like there's just, there's nothing left in there to give um, that, that was probably the scariest realization. And um, I, you know, I, I did have some, some positives in life that, that we've talked about to reflect on some times when I felt a lot better about myself. Um, and so, you know, there was, there was enough little glimmers of light to look back on to say, Hey, you know, how do I want to move forward from where I'm at? Because, um, I didn't have an answer for another week, another day, another hour, um, you know, and to sit down and have your spouse, you know, look at you in that way, um, is it's, it's, it's scary. So, um, I wish there were a, you know, a hard moment to, to, to give I don't when think... in reality it was, it was, 
it was a, a compilation of yeah. years and years that had just left me kind of empty. And I think the everybody's story is a little different or a lot different. And so I think I've learned in my old age that comparing it to others, being sensitive, I love to hear that you're sensitive to knowing that people go through, you know, insert hardship here, whatever that might be, they go through it in different ways and it manifests in different ways. And so that it, we should all be empathetic um, to others because of that. And I, I, I'm heartwarmed to hear that, that that's your reality as well. Um, you talk about your wife sitting there in front of you and can you share the support? Like where did the transformation begin and how were you supported or where did you look for, for that support? You know, I think that I talk about this a lot, the irony in, in anything uh, that we set out to achieve. You know, I just picture myself in this case, but you could insert anyone. And, and uh, after years of struggle, uh, after years of failure, um, you go to that, that support group, whatever that may be, friends, family, spouse, um, with your next grand plan uh, in hopes that, I mean, this is the group that they love me. They're going to support me. Um, and, you know, when I kind of reached out for that support, I realized pretty quickly that that these people had witnessed lies and failure for so long that they were the least apt to support me, even though they loved me dearly. Um, and I didn't doubt that. You're just, I was in such a vulnerable place and wanted so badly for, you know, my family and my wife uh, to believe in me just one more time. Uh, and I, 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 I refer to it like this is that, you know, I'm the one who taught the class. They were the students. So for years, you know, I had taught them, here's Trent's next great idea. Here's the point at which he fails. Here's the point with which you lose faith again. And that becomes the story that they know best. So when I, when, when you, you know, I'm, I, I, I want to actually applaud them for their behavior because they, they, they took the class on Trent. They had stood by Trent. Uh -huh. They had known me for years. And in essence, I was the grand professor. I, I had given them all the notes and everything they needed to understand what was going to transpire. So, you know, the, the, the boy who cried wolf, I mean, when I went back to him again and again, was just, just support me one more time. This is, this is what's going to dig me out of this. Um, it wasn't there. And I think that was super important for me to realize that um, for years, my reaction would have been, you know, honey, how can you not support me? How can you, you're the one I need the most or, you know, mom, like, or, or, or my brothers. Um, I needed to accept the fact that the, the, the reason the reaction was what it was is because I had, I had kind of charted the course and uh, that realization was sobering to say the least. Um, and it forced um, what I call 
you know, true or, or honest reflection, which for any of us who have taken the time to be what I call ruthlessly honest with ourselves, um, that, that was at the point where I think I, I started to at least stop the descent and, and make nominal, nominal progress in, in a positive direction. Wow, that it makes so much sense. And it's really powerful because you hear that saying it really starts from within and you've got to do it for yourself and you have to be on board, right? You know that I mess up all these um, sayings, but the point is well taken that you've got to be there for yourself first because as you said, oftentimes those around us, they love us so much and they want to support us, but they're just following in what they've seen has been the story in the past and the past and the past and the past. Uh, so where did you go? Like, How did you put one foot in front of the other and, and start to you know, move toward another direction? You know, it was for me. It was a very, very basic, basic process. I will say that, um, you know, the nature of the subject matter that I was dealing with, you know, it's not a, it's not your everyday conversation amongst men, for sure. Um, you know, the, the vulnerability and the emotion that comes with that. Uh, you know, like I said, it's just, it's just not your average golf course conversation or. Right. Uh, anything like that. So um, being prideful, being, um, you know, which you'll probably find ironic, being a, a true introvert, uh, right. you know, I, I, I settled into myself, which I don't know if it's the healthiest path. Um, but, you know, I, I just had to quiet the noise around me before I was ever going to navigate a plan. And I learned through the process that that I did need support. I think that, that we all need support. I just found it in initially, um, in a lot of reflection. And, um, I talk a lot about, uh, you know, my affinity for the, the James Allen book as a man thinketh. Um, you know, that, that was that book, Will you say that? What um, was the title? It. What was the title again? James Allen book. As a man thinketh is the title of the As book. Um, yeah, I, I I consider it probably the most profound thirty four pages, um, at least for me. Uh, and and I have the original copy that rarely leaves my backpack. <laughs> I've had it for twelve years now with Gatorade stains and coffee stains on it. Um, you know, so I, I started from from the inside um, and, you know, just made nominal, nominal goals and steps physically and mentally. Uh, I, I admittedly felt the process needed to be very simple uh, because I wasn't in a place in my life where I was going to be able to, to navigate something complicated. I just, I just needed to find my bottom um, and my bearings and get my feet underneath me and kind of latch on to a couple of things that I felt at times in my life I did well. And those things were oftentimes related to, to sports um, where I had some success in life. And so just the basic premise of some hard work, uh, investing in myself physically, which, which I hoped would lead to 
some some mental love for myself and and supporting it with um you know a lot of reflection and reading to get myself just grounded uh, a little bit so that's where i went first um because it's a scary process it's, i i didn't have the type of friends um because of the way i led my life that were interested in um trent's emotional state uh i didn't have a, a strong group of of you know people around me that were going to grasp that concept if that makes sense yeah it it completely makes sense i think for all sorts of reasons hey when we're younger it, we're a product of of our environment, like who we're around. And sometimes our interests are very, I don't want to say on the surface, but we're having fun. We're right. And and that was the goal. I mean, I can speak for myself in saying that my goal pretty much until my first job was just about being social and just about having fun. And, and things change, I think, depending on where your life leads. And so I can, I can understand that. I think the, I, I, I love my childhood friends and my college friends. Uh, and I'm still close with a few of those that I think I had those emotional connections to. But I think for all of us, we will evolve into a different direction. So sometimes those people that we, you know, that were once friends, we go in a different direction for uh, many reasons. Yeah, and I, I honestly... Um you, you know, you bring up some great points there. I, I honestly feel almost obligated to, to to reintroduce myself to people at times, especially if they were part of my past and my college years, because um, they know the trend that, that you know. They know that the, the life of the party trend, um, uh, it, and they know the, the, the you know, attention-hounding trend. Um, they know that guy, and, uh, you know, find it hard to believe that this is the same guy i will tell you this that again it's not a, a gender bias in any way but um much of the initial support uh when i when i kind of summoned the courage to start to talk about my situation a little bit it came from female friends um from my past high school and college uh you know that would reach out you know via social media and just say hey I'm proud of you. You know, it, it, um, wow, it still makes me emotional, but, you know, and, and I mean, you know, some of these, these friends from college that, you know, we ran together and we're athletes and, you know, it was really, it was really powerful to, 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 to just see someone take three to five minutes out of their day to reach out to me um, and say, you know, nothing profound, but just, just the simple fact that they, they understood and they didn't need an explanation, but they were proud, uh, of this, this direction. Um, those were really foothold moments that, uh, that allowed me to, you know, to continue and to continue to open up. Um, and, it is your greatest fear to share your failings. It is your, you know, my greatest fear to, to, to have my life unravel the way it did. 
um, because that's not the that's not the story I told leading up to that moment. It's not right. what people knew. So when when you know when they pull back the curtain, um, there's a lot of you know really uneasy moments, things you're not essentially proud of in your life. But when people give you those little foothold moments to hang on um, and summon some more courage to continue, uh, you begin to appreciate the journey. Um, you know, you find little little hugs and victories for yourself. Um, and at the same time, those closest to you um, begin to see some some meaningful progress. And, you know, it's not that they all of a sudden jump on board and say, you know, oh my goodness, you've you've come so far in the past six months. Now I believe in you. But you know, they they slowly begin to 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 understand that that this may be authentic and this this may be um a uh, a uh, a direction for his life that that uh, you know he can begin to love. So um, all powerful things, but. But yeah, to that point, um, it, it's ironic to have to reintroduce yourself. Um, and you know, my 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 goal in doing this is is I've gone through the process far enough and met enough people uh, to see the profound effect it it can have on people's lives. And and I love to share that. Uh, I love to share that with people because I know emotionally and physically where I was and how how painful it felt and how overwhelming the idea of changing that situation felt. So nudging people in that direction or being able just to look at them and, and make eye contact with someone who understands and they know that you understand is, is powerful. I mean, so much of this is powerful. You, as the inspiration, knowing that you came so far and that you're living an authentic life now that you're so comfortable, beyond comfortable, that you really love, as well as when you talk about some of the people from your past that reached out that really cared and really gave you that, like, I think you called it a, a little nudge or an, an extra hug, that is also a huge lesson for people out there that it goes back to sometimes those little things that we do in life can have a, a monumental effect on others, even if they don't know it. And that can be, I, I speak to, in my college experiences, I was in a sororities, you know, and nine years post-college when I was first diagnosed with cancer, all of these, and you know, I'm going to date myself here, but we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have um, the connectivity that we do now. I had so many of them a few years older, a few years younger that would send me notes and care packages and pictures that their kids may have drawn, like not necessarily spending a lot of money, but just reaching out to say, hey, I heard you're going through a hard time or wow, like, you know, someone said this, is it true? Know that I love you and I believe in you can mean so yeah. so much to me. And that sounds like what you're talking about here too, about how sometimes the little support can really uh, bring on a bigger magnitude than one would expect. Yes. And that, that, that for me was just, um, it, it was, it was almost, you know, 
when you get to the point I got to where I, I, I mean, not only did I, I didn't love myself, I didn't even like myself uh, and the person I'd become um, for my own reasons. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's those, those tiny little nuggets are, are just something to, you know, to hang on to. Um, and so that part of it um, is, is, you know, it's so fundamental to the rest of the process because the, the farther um, I was willing to invest in the truth of my life, um, ironically, which I never thought would be the case, the more support came with that. And um, the, the, the blueprint of my story, uh, as I peeled it back, was, was pretty basic. You know, I came from a, a nasty divorce at four years old. Um, I, I made a decision to, to, to latch on to the identity of an alpha male, a jock. Um, because I thought it would, it would provide safety and it would provide some, some support around that. Uh, and it was a very, you know, one-on-one existence, um, date a cheerleader in high school, be the quarterback, um, you know, make jokes, uh, don't take school very seriously. Uh, you know, it was just such a... In retrospect, it was such a, a, a sad, unauthentic existence, but it protected me from, you know, the fear of being this fatherless poor kid. Um, and, you know, once I started going down that path, it was very, very difficult to reroute it um, because on the outside, people seemed to like that guy. And um, it, it, set me up, uh, you know, for what proved to be a difficult transformation because I had to, you know, it's a tough thing to accept that, you know, you created a, a character that became your life, um, that you didn't want to be and you never wanted to be. Um, but it, 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 it protected you throughout your journey. And, um, the idea that I can feel good about being, you know, this vulnerable, emotional introvert who loves his children, who, who loves to cry, uh, um, who, you know, when I ran my marathons, just the, the, just coming to mile 24 and seeing my family, um, just sobbing like a, a 50 year old infant. Um, and, and, and loving that, uh, was, was, and is, um, what brings me so much gratitude moving forward, uh, in life and cultivating these, these real relationships, uh, with people who, who love this trend, the, the guy who's not going to be, you know, on the bar, the guy who's not going to dance on the table in his boxer shorts that, you know, I'm not, they, they actually love this guy, the guy that, that meditates and cries and, and, and journals, um, very non alpha things. Uh, but, but, uh, 
to become that person that I'm, I'm actually proud of is, it's, uh, it's very fulfilling okay. and emotional as you can tell. Oh my gosh. I'm totally crying too. <laughs> um, it's, I, I'm, I'm almost speechless because you know, I, I love to always have words, but I'm so overly excited and proud that you have taken you've done this incredible work and to hear how happy you are and how grateful you are. And I just want to say, I love this trend. I just to be just so real and know what you want and don't need to put on a show about it. Right. Um, yeah. It's, that's the part that, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't need to fit um, a role or it doesn't need to fit for anything else to work. Uh, I love that, that, that I'm a square peg. I, mm-hmm. I love that. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's been so many people that have, uh, reached out to 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 support this and in reality um all i want to tell them is that i i'm so happy to to be this person i'm i'm so happy to have what i feel is an authentic existence i'm so happy that my children have seen me cry. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that that they 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 love their dad for nothing related to sports or hockey or a championship. Um, uh, so, and for anyone who <clears throat> raises teenagers, if you <clears throat> if you ever have a teenager. Uh, especially boys, uh, tell you that they're proud of you. Um, it's, 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 it's the, it, those are crying moments for me because they, they just want to say, Hey dad, so proud. He just love you dad. So it's, it's so powerful. This, and it's, this is all. Yeah, this is all happiness wrapped in tears. I, know. I hope you know that. Um, I know, I, I know that. I it's so you you said it eloquently earlier. It's about it's it's really actually simple. The work may be hard, but the 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 love and the respect that you have found in yourself and now you've taught your kids like that to me. As I sit here with my little twelve year old, or he's not literally here, but thinking how empowering that would be or when my child has talked about how he's proud like that you're teaching your kids and I'm I'm assuming all the kids that you coach now some incredible lessons about how to really be in life and I think that is actually sounds complex but it's kind of simple like we all have been running so 
fast, especially us generation Xers, like to do this, to do that. And now oftentimes as parents with kids to make sure we're doing so much. Some of the simple lessons about love and respect that can really help us feel at our best is pretty amazing. So as I'm sitting here wiping away tears too, I mean, it, it to me, again, it's so wonderful and amazing. Now, the book, I know that you spent November writing every day about assault on average. Can you share with us, a, tell us a little bit about the book or what you're doing now that makes you happy? Uh, if you can believe that I'm working on my second book. <gasps> um, and again, this for... Um, for someone who knows me, it's not an insult for people to say to me, I can't believe you did this because the person that I used to be would have never um, gone down this path of creativity, never gone down this this emotional path of transformation. Um, so uh, ironically, this simple existence that you just mentioned, it is, it's such, it's been such a fruitful way to live because uh, I get to explore things that are honestly me. Um, so, you know, the first book, my goal is that it would sound a lot like this conversation. Yeah. It's all I wanted to do was, um, you know, to, to, to create a platform um, for this type of conversation to be had um, and welcomed. Uh, I wanted, I wanted, you know, other people in this situation to, to, I wanted to be able to provide that, you know, what I talked about, that, that hug, that victory, that foothold that might, you know, make them continue down uh, a journey to, to a truly authentic existence. And I wake up with so much gratitude because as I work on book number two, um, I look back and I, I get to count the days that, that I've gotten to be the trend that I've wanted to be and be so grateful for those days. Uh, because had I not, um, done that, you know, I'm not afraid to, to say that, that that would have been a, just such a sad existence to not invest in the things that, uh, are right there and, and then provide so much, joy in life relationships and and children and nature and um and investing in in one's health and well-being uh you know all those things would have been and were pushed to the side for the pursuit of mm -hmm. i don't know what um that was that was a sad existence so um work on on book two um still trying to comprehend the fact that I wrote book one. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot at times to even grasp. Well, I am so grateful that we've reconnected and I'm, I'd love to end all these conversations with what I call the grateful game. So I'm hoping that you would want to play with me. I would be honored you'd be honored and you can even be competitive because I'll tell you what my son is and that's really how it started 
when he was nine, he's now 12, I came home with a gratitude journal and I thought, okay, it's just another thing to do. Um, but I was in my wellness pursuit and the adventure is always there. So I decided I was going to do it with my son. We crawled into bed. We would take notes and talk about it and it got to be a little bit cumbersome. So we, it evolved to us turning off the light, lying there talking and we would say, you know, what are you grateful for and why in today, or in this case, we'll say in the last 24 hours, and we would compete against each other. You know, he was nine years old, so he wanted to win. And I joke around that to this day, he still beats me every time. And for whatever it's <laughs> worth, um, we just, what we've noticed and what you'll hear a lot of people that talk about gratitude and joy will talk about is when you focus on some of these little things you then, it doesn't necessarily change your hardship per se, but it can put you in a better mood. And so Kyle and I will find that we look throughout the day for things to tell each other at night, which again, it's about little things. And here, me at Happiness Through Hardship and Pretty Wellness, I am all about focusing on taking small steps. And so I will kick it off. I will give us about, we'll say about 30, 45 seconds each to talk about what we're grateful for and why. So today, I will tell you in the last 24 hours, I am grateful for my semi-big backyard. It's not huge in terms of Minnesota standards or even like my neighbors up the road in Connecticut, but here in the beach area where I live, it's a nice size. And yesterday, my son and I were playing catch in the backyard, and so I'm grateful for the backyard because of the time that we get to spend together back there. Um, I'm also grateful that... My son just appreciates me being back there because I don't know if you remember, I am not a natural born athlete. I used to dance. I used to sing. I He throws the ball at me, Trent, and most of the time I drop it, but at least I try and jump up to block it from going further. And I'm so grateful that he's interested at 12 years old and willing to play with me in the backyard. Uh, I do try and throw him pop-ups so that maybe he can dive and jump for them. And then um, my arm... Like actually hurts today from it because it's not that I'm out of shape. I just don't throw a lot. Uh, But anyway, there I'm at two things I'm grateful for and why. And by the way, I hope the world knows for anybody listening, it is, I am, we are all clearly or hopefully grateful for our health, our house, our family members. And hopefully you, you know, that resonates with many of us. I try and look at the little things around me, knowing that sometimes when I have a bad day, it's just those little things that make me smile. So anyway, I'm tossing it to you, Trent. Well, I will just start with the simple fact that, that, uh, my ability to honestly admit, uh, if you and I had had this conversation 15, 10 years ago, I would have been the person that would have said the gratitude journal is a waste of time. How can that help? How can someone do that? Um, to be in a position to love being on this conversation with you um, makes me extremely grateful today uh, in that reflective spirit. I do share with you, um, you have the yard. Uh, about 16 months ago, my wife and I made a decision to do something I wish I had done 10 years ago um, and purchase some land with an old farmhouse and a barn. Um, we have horses now and some chickens. Uh, we're just outside of the metro area, but I have uh, never in my existence um, enjoyed Mother Nature uh, yes. and enjoyed my existence so much. Um, looking at an owl, uh, listening to birds, 
um, just that setting that has put me at a level of peace um, that I, I never would have imagined for myself. So that that's a, a gratitudinal spot for me um, and one that uh, dawned on me again on, on Easter Sunday. I, I got to spend time uh, and play some golf with my oldest son, who's 22. Um, and when you are the father of a young adult who still has a desire to engage with you in your life. It is extremely powerful. And so um, it is not the big things. It's his little phone calls after work. Mm -hmm. It's his dad. I want to, I want to play golf with you. Uh, That time in the golf cart, it it wasn't about the score or the shots we hit. Uh, it was about a 22-year-old young man with all his life in front of him wanting to spend time with his dad, uh, which is simple yet so profound um, that uh, I'm very grateful for that that relationship to that young man. Oh, and Trent, that is what I strive for with my 12-year-old. And it won't be playing golf. Maybe I'll be... Maybe he'll be playing golf and I'll be driving the car, but thank you. Okay, you won, but again, it's not, as my mother would say, and I keep saying this back and forth, I never quoted my mom so much until I had a podcast. It is not necessarily if you win or lose, it's just that you play the game, at least with gratitude, we'll say. So thank you, Trent. And for all you out there listening, if you're new to me at Happiness Through Hardship, I hope you'll consider taking a moment, whether it's first thing in the morning or late at night, And taking a moment to reflect on your day, thinking about the good, hoping that maybe if you're in a not so great mood that it can help bring upon some positive energy. So uh, to all the listeners out there, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And Trent, I am sending you a huge virtual hug through the phone and this microphone. I am so grateful that you're willing to share your story, not just with me, but with the world. And I cannot wait to continue to see the next book and the next successes. And I look forward to staying in touch. Uh, So I am going to sign off everyone. Have a wonderful day and bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. Now, while decades have flown by, and as Trent mentioned, we both have grown a lot since our college days, there's something special about celebrating the good in life and with old friends. So I tell you, reach out to someone today, text, call, or even send a note to say hello. Life has been heavy for so many people, especially in this last year, and sometimes those simple connections can bring lasting love for days upon end. So thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.